everybody, welcome to Baffling Cyclops. I'm David. And I'm Pepper Proxy. And it's almost Halloween. Yay, we love Halloween, don't we? Yeah, and we've been creeping ourselves out. <laughs> um, we watched, uh, we started watching Lovecraft Country, which is creepy. What do you think of it? I love it. I love it. I we're, love we're it. We're three episodes in and uh, enjoyed every single one. Think it's great. Well, one of the um, one of the main stars who plays Letty, the female lead, she was the first time I ever um, saw her was in Friday Night Lights, which oh, you know I you love was, Friday Night Lights. I did. I loved it. I don't know. I would probably love it if I watched it again now, but it was awesome. And um, the other scary series we've been watching, which we haven't enjoyed as much, is called Presidential Debate. Wow. <laughs> I was so grateful that this last debate, we missed the first half hour. (laughs) I was like, yay, we don't have to watch the whole thing. So in honor of Halloween, I thought we could tell one, maybe two scary stories. Okay. So that sounds good. Like true scary stories? True scary story. And I I checked this one out with you before. Yeah. Before we started, because um, I didn't want to spring a scary story on you. Especially because it's like something that I have, you know, it's part of my childhood. Exactly. Yeah. So it all started um, Halloween's ago in 2015 for us. Okay. Um, Because you love true crime. Yes, I'm very fascinated by true crime, even way before like true crime became this, yeah. you know, thing. When I first yeah. met you, you were fascinated, and, yeah. and I think as the women from My Favorite Murder say, it's kind of an anxiety abatement tool. Sure is, yeah. Yeah, like you listen to it, and it's yeah. kind of worst case scenario. Yeah, defuses whatever neurons are going in yeah. your brain and uh, lets you move on with your day a little bit calmer. Yeah. So. You listen to like Date with Dateline and a couple other podcasts. Yeah, I love the girls from Date with Dateline because of them more than the stories. I've stepped away from the true crime thing because there was an incident that just it was like I can't deal. It was when Jeffrey Dahmer was murdered. Yeah. Um. I it just I had a flip in my like thinking that it just felt so wrong that everybody knew who Jeffrey Dahmer was, but that his victims were somewhat unnamed. And I was a part of that. Um, because you know, I had, I still have all the, the, um, serial murder collector cards, um, that came out, I think in the early nineties. Um, I still have them, but it just made me think this is wrong. The victims are, um, the people that we should be thinking about and talking about and, and doing something about versus like knowing all of the murderers. So I stepped away from it somewhat. Well, I bring up the true crime because, um, when we were talking about this particular topic, I was shocked because you've talked about true crime with me over the years yeah. multiple times, and this never came up <laughs> until five years ago. Um, we were t- actually talking about Halloween. It was Halloween time. Yeah. And you were saying, talking about how the people down the street from you did Halloween. Yeah, yeah. They, it was like a big, a big deal. Decorations and... Um, 
Yeah. And in the garage, they would have a coffin, and you'd have to go into the garage to get yeah. the candy. Yeah. And then as you grab the candy, the corpse in there was somebody in a costume. Yeah, and, and they, they would, would like pop up. scare you. Yeah, but we love you know we loved it. I was I was really young. I think it was like eight at the time. But, yeah. Um, and so yeah. you were just talking to me about it, and and just kind of <laughs> dropped. Oh yeah, it, it, that went on until they um, until they murdered their grandma. Yeah, yeah. And this is, um, this was three, I think we counted three houses down from where you where, lived. Where I lived. Yeah. yeah. In, in, I, well, they they murdered, um, not they, like the young boy who I had a crush on, his name was David. Uh, he was four years older than me. Um, but, you know, I was a little kid yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. he was like, yeah. you know, David Cassidy to me because he like, Rode a cool bike. Right. <laughs> like we would do these um, call outs, um, just with the kids in the neighborhood. So, like Rick Kennedy, who lived like one street behind us, was two years older than me and he was good friends with David. And um, they had this thing like if a call out that you could screech in the, in the, in the air and it was like, and I learned how to do it. Yeah. Um, so I would imitate the big, you know, the older boys because I wanted to be cool. Um, and so this so, was like secret communication secret around the communication. neighborhood. Yeah. So a check in before texting. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, can, you know, almost like, can you play or yeah. you want to hang out? But they never wanted to hang out with me, of no, course. No. So I like was like a little monkey wrench in their um, communication because I would do it too. <laughs> so I think they were a little confused. Um, but yeah, just in my memory, David was a cool, really cool kid. And their um, celebrations at Halloween were super cool. Like the coffin in the garage with like the mummy or the body and the witches. And and this was back in the 70s. Early 70s. Before um, Halloween, people would yeah. celebrate Halloween the way they do in the United States There was no today. spirit Halloween store. N- absolutely not. No. No. So the so you kind of dropped that bomb on me, and I was kind of <laughs> shocked. I'm like, oh, huh? You never mentioned that before, and you were like, oh yeah, I have. Yeah. You were like, I, I must have, and I'm like, yeah. no, you never told me that da- David David's parents killed, killed his gr- his grandma and great grandma. He they yeah. killed both of them. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And- well, there were so many weird things, like so many odd, like as an adult stepping back and looking at you know, where I grew up in some of the situations, it was insane. Like yeah. some of the things were insane. Toledo is dangerous. It that's was very what dangerous. That's what I've learned like, from talking to you. Uh, it like, was really dangerous. You, so I started Googling. I think you were cooking while we were talking about it. And I brought my laptop out and I was Googling and talking to you while you were making dinner. Yeah. And we um, we discovered the Toledo Blade had a whole story on it. And I kept Googling and Googling and telling you facts. And you were you you were so young, you didn't follow the details no, of totally the court didn't, case. Yeah, I didn't follow the details. And you just knew your friend David's parents left and he had to go away. Yeah, I think he... Well, he wasn't even really my friend because, again, he yeah, was... Yeah, but the you know, kid, a kid around the neighborhood. It was, it was like, oh, the thing... That I remember the most about, like his parents committing this crime, is the grandma, his grandma and great grandma, 
They lived in Ottawa Hills, which is the was kind of the the rich, swanky neighborhood. Yeah, the rich yeah. neighborhood. I don't know. Like again, in in retrospect, right. it was probably like they had some bucks. Yeah, they did. They had some bucks, and especially th- at that time, like right. back then. Um, and they lived in Ottawa Hills, and David um, was like in my neighborhood was kind of like. Not a rich kid, but he had more privilege, let's right. just say. And then after, like almost immediately after the crime happened, um, he ended up having miniature, two miniature cars. Like they functioned, but they were like a tenth of the size of a real car. And I just remember how cool that was that David somehow like was able to have these expensive toys right. and driving these little miniature cars. I think they were gas powered. It was, it was like, like a it was like a go-kart with a car frame, like a real yeah. car body. And they were they were really cool. Tim Baby Pepper, they were really cool. I just kept looking and then I remember saying to you, um, it wasn't that same day, because I think you traveled right afterwards and I texted you while you were traveling and said, There's a true crime book about it. And I bought the... I was so surprised. I'm like, no, like the, about like... Yeah. The so, Warner, like the, I'll just say their names because yeah. I know I'm pretty sure he has moved on and he's changed his name. And now he's like <laughs> in his 50s. Yeah. But yeah, I was so shocked. I'm like, really? There's a true crime book about the Warners? And you're like, oh yeah. And you ordered it. I ordered it and I read it. And you still haven't read the book. No, but, I haven't. Um, <laughs> from years ago, but I read it. And the details of it were very weird because um, I had been to Toledo many times, um, yeah. you know, to visit your family. Yeah. And um, I've heard you talk about it. And the interesting thing about the book to me is it's all of the places that you talk about. Yeah. But under, like, a murder. Yeah, yeah. And an investigation. And it's your everything happens in your neighborhood um, right down the street from you. So, of course, the yeah. whole time I'm reading it, I'm thinking like, well, when that happened, Pepper was asleep at her house. Yeah. You know, which is it makes it scarier to me. Um, but it's very strange murder, too, because um, I think everyone involved thought they were a super genius. And they were the opposite. Well, I think just doing the the killing was... Yeah. Was dumb. Well, let's just clarify. The killers lived three houses down. Um, the murder happened in Ottawa Hills right. at the grandparent, the grandma's house, and that was probably like I don't know, two miles away from where I live. So it wasn't like the murder happened three houses. Down. No, the murder didn't happen there. Yeah. But, but um, a lot of weird stuff happened three houses oh down. Oh my gosh! From you, like, so, uh, when you were was... telling me some of the facts of yeah. the, the killers, I was like. Oh my gosh! And you showed me a picture in the book of the dad, yeah. David. Um, yeah. And I was like, "Oh yeah, he like when you showed me the photo, yeah. I got really creepy feelings." And right. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that guy is a bad guy." And he was not that I interacted in, with him much when I was, you know, yeah. a baby Pepper or a little Pepper, but I must have interacted with him at some point Enough. because 
it gave me like the creepers. And uh, I have more info about him too. Here's here's the basic structure of how they were living, just so I can tell you like, okay. how his how his parents were living. His uh, great grandmother and grandmother. Um, were in charge of the family fortune. Okay. They owned the house down the street from you. Oh, okay. And they were letting the Wernerts live there rent-free in exchange for being taken care of. Okay. And um, having someone to call. And David, the dad, Okay, senior. Okay. He had gone to Vietnam. Okay. And he was someone who planned and carried out search and destroy missions in Vietnam. Oh, my God. So what that means is... Um, you would land in a helicopter and then they would figure out where people were, land in a helicopter, and you killed as many people as you possibly Ugh. could, then ran back to the helicopter, and then the t- helicopter would take off. Yikes, I can't imagine so, having to do that. No, and I'm just giving you some context yeah. for for who he was. And Patricia Werner was, um, they were married for a long time, but she was somebody who was working at um, a veterinary office, an animal hospital as a receptionist. Okay. Um, But she was also a practicing witch. And there were, like, in Toledo, there were a lot of, like, witches and Wiccan stuff, even maybe in my family. Yeah. Well, the, I, I, I'm just I, saying. I think we should do another episode about that. But the, okay. the um, there was an an openly Satanist bar within a mile of your house yeah. when you were growing up called uh, the Dragon Room. Yep. Um. So she and it, she claimed to be Wiccan, but what uh, everything around it doesn't say Wiccan to me. It's more of the black magic. Satan-y, yeah. but it's like I, a weird made up version. And, and from, just to yeah. say, like, I don't believe any of it. Yeah. So I just yeah. think like, this is something she was, this is a structure she set up, she set up to, um, justify her thoughts and her behavior. thoughts and yeah. behavior. So, and so the, it's but there were a group of people doing yeah, that at the time. And Dave, Dave, the, David senior, it was his grandma, his mother and grandma, correct, not hers. And his grandma hated Patricia. Well, why wouldn't you? Well, God. I know. I was like, sometimes when you hear like, oh, the the mother-in-law hates the daughter-in-law yeah. or whatever, you're like, well, I wonder which direction it goes. But if the daughter-in-law plans to murder you, I think you are justified in your <laughs> dislike. Yeah, yeah um, you maybe had a little a little sixth sense about that. So they, they came up with this cockamamie plan. Wasn't there another guy involved yeah. too? So... What would happen is they had a whole series of men that would come and stay at their house. At, at the Warnerts or at the parent at, grandparents? At the Warnerts. So okay. the Warnerts would have a, a second man at the house. and Did they, they have w- like an open marriage kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. So, so um, it's really cloudy exactly because yeah. nobody's going to tell you exactly sure. what happened. Um, but I'll get to it in a minute. So the... the um, they um, they kept having men come to stay at the house, and a couple of the men were interviewed after the, the murder took place, and they said that she would approach him about killing them, killing the mother. Not yeah. the great-grandmother, but just killing the mother. And she told one person that she was uh, involved with the mafia and asked if he would like to be a hitman and kill oh someone for $4,000. Um, and they were involved with this car club called the Baron Car Club. 
Okay. And that makes sense because then they had those mini miniature yep. cars. Okay. Yeah, so they, they were involved with this car club, and um, they would meet men at this car club and then kind of suck them into their world for a yeah. while and then try and get as much as they could out of them and then push them away. And none of the guys were obviously like real stationary people. Mm-hmm. And I think I think David was very troubled that obviously, but he, David Senior. David Senior was very troubled, and um, the only reason he was really able to hold on at all is because they were consistently giving him money. They yeah. would go and they would say like, "Hey, can we have money for a car? Can grandma we have money for this grandma, grandma yeah. and great grandma?" And so they would be able to get money from them. But Patricia hated that, and yeah. so right before. The murder happened. Um, David Sr. went to the grandma and the mom and said, Hey, can I have um, $5,000 for um, a medical procedure that Patricia needs um, on her leg? Oh, okay. And they were like, Well, we ha- we'll pay, but we-, we have to visit her in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And so they were like, They were kind of onto it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and it he's, like, like... he's like, Well, she can't have visitors at the hospital. Oh my we just gosh. need the $5,000. So they. That was a lot of money back then. Well, they wanted money for something specific, and it's never said exactly yeah. what, what, what happened. But before, um, before the murder, they had moved, this guy moved him, Dan Artenberry. Okay. Wait, Arten... Ar- Arterberry. I'm sorry, my mistake. Wait, is that his first name? His last name. Okay. His Arterberry. And I, they call him Arterberry was, in the book. Yeah, what if his first name was Art... Arterberry? Arterberry. But maybe I we can just call him name. Art. Well, <laughs> Arterberry. Okay. Arterberry um, moved in with them, and he fell hook, line, and sinker for... All of the crap. All of it. And so they Was came, he from the car club? He was from the car club. Okay. And uh, David Sr. worked at a Volkswagen place okay. in Toledo. And so they came up with this plan because there was a Porsche that came up for sale, a used okay. Porsche. Uh-huh. And so Patricia and Arterberry went, went to there and pretended they were going to buy it. Um, and they took it to um, a key making place and they had a blank Porsche okay. key from the dealer. dealer. They had a copy made of the key. Okay. And then um, they drove it back and said, well, we'll think about it. Yeah. And they left. And then they sent Arterberry back to steal the Porsche okay. from his workplace. And then they took it to their garage repainted the outside of the car blue it was red before uh-huh. and they repainted it blue and then had this porsche wait did this all happen down the street for me the painting and stuff yes wow that's why i'm telling you the, yeah. that part of it so they they um they did this really complicated plan and um they were felt so invulnerable for all of this cuz i think they had gotten away with other things way, yeah. a lot of other things and um, the so they they kind of bragged about this happening to people in their car club. They were like, "Oh yeah, we got away with this. Yeah. We stole this, and, and we we took this Porsche, and no one did anything." And they lived probably you know three or four miles away from the dealership where he worked. It's, yeah, it's not like a giant city where you're hours right. away. It's all within like. And, a, 10 minute drive. And they wanted the car. So they didn't steal the <laughs> but they didn't steal the car 
to sell. To sell or break down for parts. Right. They stole the car. To drive. To drive. <laughs> yeah. In Toledo, Ohio, in down Toledo, Monroe Ohio. Street. Right. Wow. So then um, right before Halloween, Patricia started telling Arterberry on Halloween night she wanted him to go murder. Yeah. The mother and the yeah. grandmother. Um, and they were going to organize for Halloween night. And in the book, this comes out in stages. But one of the things she told him is she wanted to use the mother's body um, in the coffin that Halloween. Jeez. So if he Wait. could do it before Halloween and bring the body over, that would be one. Of, this is how Ugh, how so out in the nuts. open they and were. Can you about imagine all of this that stuff. poor kid like living no. in this chaos, like this no. horrible chaos? A poor kid. He was nice too. Like yeah, wow. But they they just instead of just um, him going over and doing it, they had to come up with a Columbo villain esque plan because they were all so smart. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, the police detective discovered about Arterberry is his parents said he had a 160 IQ. Don't all parents say that about their children? I think so, but but it seemed like he had a really high IQ. He was a smarter guy. But I think he was just smarter than anyone at his high school. Okay. Arterberry said he had 160 IQ, so he had a very specific personality. Sure. So all of them thought they were like super geniuses geniuses because they were smarter than everyone else in their car club. So (laughs) that must not be that hard. So they, what they did was they drove, um, Arterberry to the Ottawa Hills, Ottawa Hills, hit him in the basement. And then they took off and they had planned a dinner for when the murder took place. Right. So and they, this, they weren't able to execute the plan on Halloween because I, it was I too remember complicated. Yeah, trick or treating that year. And, you know, they yeah. had the whole shebang and yeah, this it was, was like, not a it was not a dead body. This was like mid November. Okay. They went out to eat with the um, vet that owned the animal hospital. That she worked for okay. in Midland, Michigan. Okay. They went to a restaurant in Midland, Michigan to eat. And then um, while they were eating, he... Ugh, crawled out of the basement. He crawled out of the basement. He used um, a hammer and um, a crowbar, Ugh. two different murder weapons, but he left their brown poodle um, alive Okay. In during the whole thing, which comes back a little bit later, which is why I mention it. Oh, poor poodle. So, um, because after they found out about it, Guess who drove back to rescue the poodle? Patricia. She did. Yeah. she's Because she drove back, and she wasn't concerned about the house or anything. She just wanted the poodle. The dog. The dog. They, this is the other very strange thing. So right after the murder happened, nobody found the bodies for the first 24 hours mm-hmm. afterwards. Somebody called the house that was looking for one of the women. And, yeah. Um, first got, the phone just rang, but yeah. then got a busy signal. Because when he left, oh. he took the phone off the hook. The murderer did Arterberry, okay. so he took the phone off the hook. So they were everybody was getting a busy signal when they called. So the house. it must have rang when he was there, and then he's like, "Oh, I need to take the phone." Okay, off the so hook. they were able to identify the time he was in the house. Yeah. So, oh. So uh, then the next night, nobody had found the body yet, so they had to organize the police finding the body because they want. She was worried about the poodle being there. By itself, because oh. they couldn't just leave 
Yeah. So what they did, their car club was meeting at Tony Paco's. Okay, the hot famous hot dog place. The car club was meeting at Tony Paco's, and so they said that he, David Senior, kept calling the house and getting a busy signal at Tony Paco's. And so oh. he called the police from Tony Paco's and says, I can't get a or she actually called and said, we, we can't get a hold of him. Will you send really, someone over yeah. to do a, a check on him? Can I interrupt you for just a second? Sure. Um, Tony Paco hot dogs are not the best. No. And I know that that could cause some strife. And I don't know if we have any listeners that like them or are from Toledo. They are the most famous. And I know Jamie Farr, who was an actor back then and was on the TV show MASH. He was like a pretty famous Toledoan. Um Love Tony Paco's and like talked about Tony Paco's even I think in the in the show match, yeah. which I never liked. Again, I was like a really yeah. teeny little girl, but it was such a boy show. Ugh. Um, but Tony Paco's not the best, um, no. and you know because we've went there, and then my mom used to love to take well, you on hot dog adventures. She did in, in <laughs> Toledo. She did. But I believe this is the Tony Paco's that had um, all the taxidermy on the walls. If you remember, oh, yeah, there was one yeah. branch of Tony Paco's that was like a diner inside. Oh, yeah. But it had like moose heads yeah. and half a beaver and all yeah. of that weird stuff, taxidermy yeah. stuff. So you'd be eating a hot dog with like a beaver hanging over yeah. your head. I think I have a photo of you yeah. there. <laughs> we did because when we went in, we were like, this is ghoulish. Like it yeah, felt, it, it did. did not feel yeah. like right. It yeah. felt because sometimes if you're like, oh, a moose head in the house, what are you like? You know, some kind of animal rights yeah. activist, and it wasn't even that. It was like a ghoulish Adams family esque amount of taxidermy yeah. things in the walls. Well, I'm a little ghoulish too because um, one of the things um, when my mom passed away um, that I took that I inherited, I'll say, I didn't inherit a ton of things, but I inherited, um, a can of Tony Paco's hot, <laughs> hot dog sauce. And I think it expired maybe in 1978. Yeah. I still have it. I'm going to yeah. keep it forever. It hasn't it, exploded, but it was just something I wanted. It was one of those back of the cabinet yeah, kind was, of things yeah, when the like, house oh was getting gosh. cleaned out. It's yeah, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, the heck of this? And so um, we, either my sister Carrie sent it to me because she sent me some things from my mom's house or um, my sister Betsy maybe did. Um, or we carried it back in the suitcase from from oh, Toledo to Seattle. But I have it. If we, I can find it, we'll take a picture of it. But okay. anyway, back to the story. So he, yeah. da- David Senior, calls this has this elaborate thing where he's calling well, the police the from thing, Tony. The thing Paco's. that's really interesting is in their heads because probably because they'd watched read too many murder mysteries and watched TV. Instead of just acting like what a normal person would do, they're making sure there are witnesses yeah. to them not being places yeah. all the time. So Dummies. they're like at dinner during yeah. the thing, and then. They're all three of them are here, and they're the ones that call, but they call yeah. in front of other friends. Yeah. The police find the bodies, show up at Tony Paco's, um, tell them that his... Wait, so the police went to Tony Paco's? Because they were still there. Oh my God, that would be... Uh, why isn't this like a TV? I, like that's a why movie. I said it's. That's why I was telling you, like all the references in it are... are are crazy. and Like she was a Satanist, or well, at least... <laughs> and 
Arter, <laughs> Arterberry <laughs> yeah. had taken the mom and grandma's car and from when he done it, but he had left it in the back of um, the Kroger at the Westgate Mall. Oh yeah, my uh, yeah. my best friend where the Porsche was, and then he went. Oh, oh, he moved the stuff over to the Porsche. Wait, the Porsche? I thought you said the um the Porsche was in the garage on my street. Well, they drove it. Oh, it, so it wasn't just stored to, there. So they drove it to Kroger's. And <laughs> yeah, and then, then he switched over grandma. there. Okay. After all of that, Patricia unlock it patricia like the they they went i told you they rescued the dog yeah yeah, yeah yeah so um but patricia got nervous because he had taken some jewelry so they would think it was a robbery okay but the police the guy who wrote the book was the one in charge of it um his name is frank styles and he he said it was what somebody would think a robbery would look yeah, like like Not, a stage because he's like because instead of like for example just turning the drawers over on a bed and looking mm-hmm. through the stuff he had like pulled all the stuff out and thrown it around the room yeah. and made it look like it and he'd also left stuff that anyone any robber would have taken because he's like he left the TV yeah. he left a typewriter he left yeah. like stuff and that, that stuff was like worth something yeah back then. exactly yeah. and he was like and he's, and he's like if you're gonna steal a car you would you would take everything and just load the, the car up with right. stuff yeah yeah so he it was, was so brutal the murder is so, so it was brutal. horrible so they took the jewelry um, they put it in a container and they buried it under the um, animal hospital weird i'm just telling you how complicated the yeah. plan was cuz it doesn't even really play into the story so much but yeah. they had everything had like this grand layer yeah. seriously like it was an episode of columbo where they yeah. were like oh we're going to do this and we're going to do this which i think is one of the reasons he wrote the book is because it was their plan was so elaborate yeah. it wasn't like a crime of passion or and it was very planned and well going back to the like the riches of the miniature cars that was really soon after the murder happened. So um, they they were planning on coming yeah. into some money oh, yeah. because, I, you know, they were spending money well, right after. Because if the murder happened in November, it was like November, December that they... they we had those miniature well, cars. So they didn't even have any of the inheritance no. at that point. Well, and one of the other funny things... I'm I, obsessing about I the know, miniature I don't know why cars. you're obsessed Sorry. with the miniature cars, but okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, the Ottawa Hills Police Department had never investigated a murder before. So they actually decided to like contact... I think it was the sheriff's officer. Okay. Uh, one of the broader into, about it. And as soon as Frank Stiles talked to him on the phone. Who is like the lead detective. The lead detective. Uh-huh. Like he was talking to the guy and they're like, well, we think it was a robbery. And he's like, let's see, they're worth $2 million. Who inherits the money? That's the first people I'd look at. Wait, the, it was a $2 million? It was between $1 and $2 million. Oh my estate. gosh. So he said, who who inherits the money? Because yeah. he's like, that's who you should look at first, yeah. which I think is funny because he doesn't say it in a bragging way either. Yeah. It's just like Detective 101. He's like, so who that, benefits from this murder? Because it doesn't look like it was a robbery. Yeah. Yeah. So Frank was probably from Toledo, Toledo yeah. and then the Ottawa Hills, which... It's all the same area, right. like seriously, but, but different jurisdictions. But Toledo, in Toledo, you, you've investigated homicides before. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think they start you out as that. Other places yeah. start you out in, like, parking enforcement. A lot in of Toledo, they start in you Toledo. out in homicides. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So he, he pulls them all, Frank pulls all three 
of a mid. They rest them because of the Porsche, because they figure because yeah, I, I mean just well, a spray paint. Come one on. of Arterberry's friends comes forward and says, "I don't know anything about the murders, yeah, but let me tell you about this, this scam car. they pulled with the Porsche." And so yeah. they used the Porsche as I think an entryway into the investigation. Which the police, once they figured out that it happened, they knew it had happened, but they didn't have proof. Yeah, they were shocked because he was driving the Porsche. To the grocery store. He it's was driving to it all Kroger's. Over. Yeah, at to West Kroger's. Yes. Yeah. But he was driving the Porsche everywhere, and they were like, we can't believe it. Because almost never do you have someone who commits a crime like that, and then you so actually, blatantly you catch them driving the car. Yeah. Like it would be behind yeah. their house under a tarp, and they'd go, I don't know how it got there or yeah. whatever. But they were like taking pictures of him driving the Porsche around town. Yeah. So they were like, well, we've kind of got him on this. So they got a search warrant based on that, and they arrested them all, and they they took him in. And of course, I remember that. I remembered when they were arrested. What do you remember from that? I remember just like it was kind of weird. And there were police cars at the house, but I'm not sure if they were arrested at the house. But I think the police were there. They were arrested at the house. Were they? Yeah. Um, but well, they were the, taken in for questioning. Yeah, I don't know if they told was, them they were arrested. It was more like more than one car. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was kind of a, it kind of felt scary to me um, at the time. But, and, you know, I just, I also remember. My mom was like, "No, don't you don't you know don't go out. So we don't want to go outside." And yeah, like which is wise. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it was it was very um, exciting, I guess, yeah. at the time. So they um, he pulls all three of them in. He he decides he's going to do interview Patricia first, mm-hmm. and he walks in after they've been. What she for a have while. to say about this well, whole thing? He's he walks in and he just said. The other two have already admitted it, so you might as well just tell your side of the story. And she oh. just spilled. Okay. So she 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 said the thing about, like, one of the first things out of her mouth was about using the body in the coffin. Yeah, so but creepy. But she tried to make it seem like she wasn't the cause. Like, she was just innocent yeah. bystander, knew about it, but was kind of innocent and had been drawn in yeah. by these two men. And um, David's uh, confession was pretty straightforward yeah. and cold. Because he said, they asked him why what they offered... Um, Arterberry to commit the crime, and he said uh, nothing. He did it for the experience of it because Ugh. murder was something he had never done before. Ugh, yeah. And he just wanted the experience of killing someone. Ugh, oh, that's so gross. Yeah, so, um, and. These poor women, oh. And so he was like, okay, so how am I going to get Arterberry to confess? And so he's like, Wait, Arterberry thinks he has a 160 IQ. So he went in. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but that's well, just like, I love I love the 160 yeah. IQ because to me that's like um one of those things so like a up. like a cult leader would do, like yeah. Keith Raniere would do yeah, where it's, it's like so made up. Well, it's like he, Keith Raniere was probably also the smartest kid in his high school. Yeah. And he's smart. But instead of just saying he I'm a smart guy, he has to say, I've learned twelve languages by yeah. the time I was eight and I can do, you know Is you that know, called poly, or, polygot polygot? Yeah. Maybe? Kim Jong un <laughs> saying he had his first hole in one at the age of six. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all that kind of crazy stuff where it's like you don't need to go that far. And you don't need to tell people about that stuff. But if so, it's true, you don't really talk about no. it. That's what so, I think. So the the Frank was like, Okay, so I know this guy 
has, thinks says he's he, a genius. So he walked in and he said, I got to tell you, we have all the physical proof, but this was such a tough case to crack. <laughs> How did you come up with this amazing plan? Yeah. You are a genius. He was like, like you, catering to yeah, his he's ego. Like, you almost had us fooled. Yeah. And um, so he just was like, well... We did this and this, yeah. and then he like described like every Barry and jewels and every single part of it, oh even though God. it was like a crazy Cohen Brothers cavalcade of nonsense. And how soon after the murder were they? Just arrested? a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, wow. it, it wasn't like I said; they weren't a brain trust. It wasn't yeah. one of those things where like the, they had to, you know, <laughs> trail them for years until they, they messed up. It was like I just they were so driving a Porsche around town, so that they stole after a murder. Yeah, with a murder, with a hammer in the trunk. Right. So I bet you were really surprised after we had been together for so many years that I just... Dr- dropped that bomb I dro- on me. And then you did a little research, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's a book written about it. And then I got the book, and you didn't read it. I know, I didn't. I I know. I, I thought that was interesting too. Yeah. So it was all interesting, but they they all ended up in jail. Thank and, goodness. Um, Patricia has been in the news a few times. She actually um, tried to get. She got the death penalty. Yeah, I think they all did, didn't they? Yes, and yeah. hers got overturned. Yeah. One of the things she argued um, when she was arguing that her sentence be overturned was that um, her freedom of religion was violated because they brought up to the jury that she was a witch. Okay. As part of and it. She and she said, said that was her religion. That was her that's religion. That's pretty clever defense. I, I have know, to but say. I, I, that's like, it's like. She seems like the mastermind of the whole thing to She me. does to me too. And even now, if you go to YouTube, um, you can watch a video of her um, with dogs in the prison. Yeah. Because, and I just think. In Marysville. She's in Marysville, right? Yeah, I think she's been in Dayton and Marysville over time. And I looked. There were a couple. She's been in. Like, because she's been transferred from prison to prison too. Yeah. So it's an interesting, uh, but it's she's interesting. She's been in prison case over forty years. Then. Over forty years. She yeah. must be one of the oldest prisoners at this yeah. point. And um, she, she, um, she's lived her whole life, pretty much in prison at this point. Oh my! That was just a. It was a crazy story, and it was so crazy to find out it happened right down the street <laughs> from you. I used to trick or treat at their house and be like, "Oh my gosh, she's it's amazing because and it, it was so spooky." And I, and I also thought it was so interesting to me from uh, hearing the story pers- from my perspective is that you started with, "Oh, they used to have someone lay in a coffin in their garage and jump up and scare yeah. you when you took candy." To that was actually part of their murder joke. <laughs> Was they were like, we're just yeah. going to put grandma in that coffin. Oh my God, that's so gross. Isn't that weird? What horrible people. Yeah. So that's our spooky, spooky our spooky story. story. Well, I have another real quick spooky thing to sure. say. Because um, we're kind of, this isn't a really funny podcast, so I figure I might as well talk about this. Um, now, another spooky thing that happened when I was growing up is I went to school with a girl named Dorothy and we were not, we weren't friends. We weren't even acquaintances. She just attended the school that I went to and she had two serial murder experiences. Yeah. Just, this is kind of a Toledo edition. Yeah, it's, it is a Toledo edition. So the first experience that she had with um, serial murders was her best friend 
um, was murdered. Her name was Dawn, um, Dawn Backus, and she was only 12 years old. And she, it was horrible. It still just is just horrible to think about. But she was murdered by the Cook brothers, which are were pretty prolific um, at the time. In the 19, 1980 was the year. And Dorothy was best friends with Dawn. Um, I'm not going to go into like the whole no. sitch, um, but you can look them up if you're interested. They were pre- pretty horrible. They were very horrible men. So then four years later, um, Dorothy, this girl that I went to school, or who attended the school with me, um, her neighbors were murdered by serial killers like neighbors like just a couple doors down like david warner to to me um they were murdered by alton brown and deb or alton coleman and deborah denise brown i hope they weren't married by alton brown murdered by alton brown i know he's fun to watch (laughs) (laughs) no it was alton coleman and deborah denise brown who went went on a rampage in 1984 um across indiana ohio um they were very they were prolific but i just thought this is insane because until I became an adult, a full adult, it just felt like this is the way things are. Like, right? It doesn't seem like th- it was a big deal, especially when Don was murdered. But it was just like this happens. This happens, and now as an adult, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this woman or the, the young woman, Dorothy, had that type of experience in her life where her best friend's murdered by serial killers and then her neighbors are murdered by other serial killers. It's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So happy Halloween, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to read our show notes, sign up for our newsletter at bafflingcyclops.com.